This week on the Iowa Watch Connection. Homelessness uh, occurs in a variety of ways and, and through a variety of situations. It's a societal problem, but of particular note for Iowa's homeless veterans. Veterans are 12 to 15 percent of the general population, then why of the homeless do we have so many more? And Those who have been there want fellow vets to get help. Talk to somebody, seek help from the VA and any other kind of programs around them. The plight of homeless veterans in Iowa, our topic this week. The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein. They served our country only to come home to another battle. Sometimes it's lack of job skills. Sometimes it's depression. Sometimes being too proud to ask for help. This past summer, Thomas Nelson served as an intern with the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism. A veteran himself, he undertook a reporting project on the subject of homeless veterans in between his senior semesters at Iowa State University. His series of stories can be found online at iowawatch.org. And he has our report this week. Jerome Thompson has been homeless three times since being discharged from the Army in 1983, a generally quiet man living in Iowa in Marion, near where he works in Cedar Rapids. He doesn't say anything that doesn't need to be said and doesn't care to repeat himself unless he's correcting a statement. signed up in 1979 mm -hmm. when I thought we were going to go to Iran. He was 18 when he joined the and, Army and, and is in his mid-50s now. His journey to Iowa has gone from San Diego to Colorado, then Texas, then back to Colorado before going to Wyoming and New Mexico. He worked as a trucker, losing some of those jobs and ending up homeless. Now I was homeless for a while. Again, I went to the veterans' home there in Buffalo, Wyoming. And then went back to driving truck then and <clears throat> did that for a while and tell I had, um, <clears throat> had, a, had an accident, had to stop driving for a while. And... Thompson came to Cedar Rapids looking for a trucking job in April 2015 that he didn't get. He landed, though, at Matthew 25 Ministries, making wooden ink pens and getting hooked up with Social Security disability payments. That was an important step for him because many homeless veterans in Iowa and parts of northwest Illinois are missing out on services that could help them. These services include access to shelter, food, health care, and counseling. Many of these veterans do not know about the services, which include financial and housing assistance, despite VA efforts to reach them. Others simply choose not to use them. Mental health issues are a reason for some of the disconnect, too, we learned in some interviews we did while reaching out to homeless veterans and those trying to help them. This is despite a concentrated effort by the VA announced in 2009 to end veteran homelessness. The U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development estimated in 2016 that 170 homeless veterans lived in Iowa. But those working with veterans say knowing how many of the veterans are homeless is difficult because an exact count of them is hard to make. The hug count is done only once a year, the last week of January, and only covers four Iowa counties. Some counties count homeless people in other months but focus on all homeless people, not just veterans. 
and the result at those times vary from the HUD numbers. The counts are important for organizations trying to reach out and help these veterans. Sarah Oliver was the VA's homeless program coordinator in Rock Island, Illinois for the Quad Cities area until July when she became the VA's grant and per diem coordinator for the Iowa City VA Healthcare System District. That district covers 50 counties in East Iowa, Western Illinois, and Northern Missouri. If veterans are 12 to 15 percent of the general population, then why of the homeless do we have so many more? And this is a question that everybody has been researching programs and service provision and demographics and trying to answer. The, the end game to that is sometimes I get the sense that these are folks who, who may or may not have struggled whether or not they'd ever been to the service that the service ends up being one of the proudest periods of their life. A constant reminder of when they, they gave selflessly, when they, they, they did something very successfully, they got trained in a skill, they were really part of something. And I think that most of the veterans that we deal with carry that around, they're very proud of that. At least some of these homeless veterans seek shelter at places like the Humility of Mary Shelter in Davenport, a facility by the railroad tracks and near a bridge that crosses the Mississippi River. Its lobby is reminiscent of a school building with flyers at or above eye level, showing information about free clinics and other services. Christy Adamson, director of services there, said during a summer visit we made to the shelter that three of every ten people in the last year were military veterans. Homelessness uh, occurs in a variety of ways and, and through a variety of situations, but I would say pretty frequently would be loss of a job or not having a consistent source of income, um, lack of family support, um, sometimes drug abuse uh, or alcohol abuse, um, or uh, some sort of fleeing from a domestic violence situation as well. David Turnbow, a retired Army veteran in his mid-60s and living in Iowa City, said he would not have received help for post-traumatic stress syndrome without the shelter house in Iowa City. Turnbow was in the Army from 1973 to 1992 and has been homeless off and on since 2002. He became homeless in 2015 for the third time after traveling to New Jersey for the funeral of his daughter. He paid the funeral costs and for his travel, leaving him without enough money to get back to Iowa City immediately. Turnbow said he wasn't able to take advantage of the VA health care and available housing grants until going to Iowa City's shelter house because they weren't offered anywhere else he lived. Staff at Shelter House, though, helped connect him with VA care. All of a sudden, I mean, all these doorways were opening of things to help a veteran, things I didn't know about, things a lot of other veterans don't know about. Mental illnesses affect on homeless veterans is huge, veterans affairs experts we talked with said. For example, William Liu, a University of Iowa professor of psychology, said minimal symptoms of undiagnosed mental illness veterans may have had before joining the military get bigger when they return to civilian lives. Not every veteran experiences these problems, but homeless ones, more often than not, do, Liu said. And help exists, VA officials trying to dispense help said. Turnbow has this advice for new veterans just getting out of military service. Seek help. Talk to somebody. Seek help from the VA and any other kind of programs around them. Because, honestly, I've heard from too many older friends that their sons went over there, and at least five of them have lost their sons to suicide. So that tells me it's like a second calling to the older veterans. We can't be over there fighting. 
This is our second call to duty. I'm Tom Nelson with the Iowa Watch Connection. And reporter Tom Nelson talks about the story now with Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism Executive Director and Editor Lyle Muller. Tom, I want to start with why you think this story should connect with readers. There's a hidden segment of society that is people who are homeless. And I think it's important to shed a light on that segment of society. And as a veteran, I think it's I found it was important to also to be able to talk about veterans that are also homeless. And then when you include as well the services that are out there to help veterans, there are so many opportunities for veterans to be able to get on their feet when they don't take advantage of that or when they don't know they can take advantage of that. I think that creates something that I think people should know about and there should be a light on there. Were you surprised that some of the disconnect is veterans themselves, the homeless ones, not reaching out and trying to find services that they've been told exist? I was not surprised because I think to a certain degree, um, veterans are very self-confident. They, you, when you get out of the military, you have this confidence because you were able to achieve something as a soldier, airman, sailor, or marine. To ask for help after being able to take care of yourself during that time is difficult. I know from personal experience that when I got out of the Marine Corps, I didn't think I needed to get any help from anyone, and I was going to survive on my own. In the end, I knew I had to go ahead and ask for help, and you know, stayed on my parents' couch until I was able to figure out where I was going to get an apartment. And you were in the Marine Corps when and where? I was in the Marine Corps from 2011 to 2015, and I was stationed at Camp Pendleton um, the entire time, except for a brief period of training. In your interviews, you saw that mental illness plays a large role in some of these cases. Can you talk a little bit about that? The biggest role mental illness pay- plays in uh, homelessness is that it make, it's a further wall between a veteran and the services they can get. If you have PTSD and you're having flashbacks of situations, you're not going to necessarily always know where you where you are. And if you have depression or anxiety, you're not going to want to reach out to people to be able to get help. You're going to want to stay closed in. And that requires a certain amount of um, proactiveness on the part of social workers who work with veterans, as you can see with several of the vet, uh, social workers who I ta- spoke with, like Dusty Noble. Um, who and Dusty Noble is the uh, works with um, at HACAP uh, with the uh, Matthew Twenty Five Ministries in Cedar Rapids. Yes, and uh, he he makes a point to go and reach out to veterans to make sure to to help them out to give them the services that they need and let them know about the services they need. Moreover, and you were in Cedar Rapids. You went to Des Moines yes. to a shelter there, a shelter in Davenport to mm-hmm. VA's uh, the VA's. Uh, offices in Rock Island, Mm -hmm. uh, Iowa City, Mm -hmm. quite a few places to talk to people. Absolutely. Uh, I went to as many places as I could to talk to any homeless veteran who I could. From Michael Washington in Davenport, a Marine veteran who served actually pretty much right before I did in 2007 to 2011, to David Turnbow in Iowa City, who I met um, at the free lunch, uh, who was who has now been able to get housed, but he was in the Army from 1973 to 1992. And you see all classes of veterans 
who are who aren't aware of help or who are only finding about help now when it's been out and available since 2009 and i think that's there's a certain degree that uh you you want to be able to see these people get help and you want your fellow man always to be able to help you want the your any other human being to be able to have the same things you do and when that's not happening there seems to be a problem did you have any difficulties with this story trying to find sources or put together information absolutely um when i was going out in iowa city and the shelters a lot of times they don't always have the same you know, you're not going to have a consistent schedule when you're working with someone who's living on the streets and so when you're going and trying to talk with social workers they're not going to have a consistent schedule and then moreover some of the people who you talk who you talk to who are homeless aren't always going to be homeless veterans even if sometimes they say they are homeless veterans which I encountered in Iowa City. So a lot of vetting. And also the number of veterans who are homeless in Iowa is relatively low. But you make a point in your stories that we don't really know how many there are. And that becomes important, too, for people trying to do services, does it not? Yes. Every uh, the, the experts whom I've spoken to uh, in Cedar Rapids and Iowa City and in Davenport and Des Moines have all told me that they don't know how many people are actually homeless and are, how many homeless veterans are actually on the street. They, According to them, you can't actually know. And with the HUD count of homeless veterans is only covering four counties, I don't think you can necessarily know how many homeless veterans are out if you're only looking at four counties. And those four counties being Woodbury, uh, Polk County, and Lynn and Johnson in Blackhawk County, where there's Waterloo, is the sixth largest uh, city in Iowa, or Clinton County, uh, where you have Clinton, Iowa, which has a population of about 30,000 people. And you, you don't know what that segment of the population is looking like as far as homeless veterans and homeless in general. What's the main takeaway for this story, do you think? I think the main takeaway is that we don't know how many homeless veterans are in Iowa, and moreover, some of the people that are homeless and who are homeless veterans don't always know what services there are. So I don't want to say there's necessarily a call to action, but if you know someone who's a veteran and if you know someone who's a homeless veteran, making a point to reach out and let them know this is where you can find this. this is, these are things that are out there that you can maybe use to help yourself and help uh, get yourself housed is important. Reporter Tom Nelson with Iowa Watch Executive Director and Editor Lyle Muller. Coming up, we talk with one Quad Cities veteran who experienced the highs and lows of life after military service. That's next as the Iowa Watch Connection continues. The Iowa Watch Connection radio program is part of a statewide audience engagement project organized by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, an independent, nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization. The center is dedicated to producing high quality investigative and community affairs journalism in Iowa, while also training journalism students to do this work at a high ethical level. The center is found online at iowawatch.org. Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein. 
Michael Washington spent time in New York City and Kinston, North Carolina, before joining the Marine Corps in 2007. But depression and anxiety have made adapting to civilian life difficult since he got out in 2011 with a sanctioned discharge. After a stop in Quincy, Illinois, he ended up in Davenport, Iowa, and that is where reporter and fellow veteran Tom Nelson caught up with him. You were in North Carolina when, that, when you were separated. Mm-hmm. How'd you end up in Iowa from there? Uh, at that point, I was basically after I got separated, I was like, I realized I didn't really have any real skills I could use, you know, out here. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just spoke to my family, packed my bags, and said, "Well, I need a new start," because I figured. I thought I was going to be in the Marine Corps a lot longer than I did. And I just needed a new start. I picked a random state, and it was in this area, in the Midwest, and I just made it out here. Well, tried to, ended up homeless because just the way things were, trying to adapt to this environment, that environment, you know, depression, anxiety is just, you know, <laughs> it gets tough. Did you drive out here? Did you have. Did All right, initially, um, initially, I drove out here, but. And like, in the long run, I ended up getting on my feet. This is my second time in Davenport, and I just came back here about 40 days ago. But that was due to me pretty much ending up back where I started. But I, I got in a bad car accident. So with that car accident down south where I was at, without a vehicle, you're stranded. You're, I was literally like basically confined to my apartment for quite a few months, maybe five or six months, just trying to rely on a gas station to get my food and groceries. And eventually that shut down, and I was like, well, I got to save up something, buy a plane ticket out here to where I'm slightly familiar, and get back on my feet. Are you able to utilize the via, uh, the, the GI Bill under general under, honorable circumstances? Um, the, it's kind of weird, and I'm glad you asked that, because a few years ago I did use it, yet I tried to use it again because I never finished uh, my, uh, for my social security, I never finished it because... Depression is a thing I fight every day, and that basically won for a bit, and I ended up having to stop school for a little while, so I didn't ruin my grades the way they were when they were already slipping. And uh, I tried to use it again recently, and then they say that I don't qualify for it. Did they say why not? They said because of average and honorable, but I'm not. I still don't understand how that worked if I just used it just about three years ago. Did that contribute to your situation now? Um, I would say so. As I like, like I said, I have no real skills. I mean, I'm good at computers, but I don't have a degree for it, so I can't really get do that kind of work. I mean, yeah, there's you know a few seven and a quarter jobs around here, but with my condition, do I really want to you know destroy my body for seven and a quarter just and still just barely make it? I've, I have gone around asking, you know, random computer shops if they were hiring anybody or if they would take on, like, an apprentice or anything like that. And I haven't really had much luck. So the timeline is you got out, right? drove out to um, Iowa, right? and then from Iowa you... Got back on my feet. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, well, I think I'm doing pretty good, which I was. Um, got a decent job in security. It's doing really good. Uh, went back to down back down in North Carolina. Spent some with family since I was gone for a while, and then uh, got into a car accident. And I was uh, in a different town than my family, and I was pretty much like, "Well, I don't like being a burden to my family," so I 
came back up here to where they have, you know, public transportation, uh, I would say it's pretty rough for a homeless veteran because you're kind of invisible unless you, I mean, sometimes you, you want to reach out and get some help, but it's, it's depending on what kind of veteran you are, like which era, it, can, it's, it just gets harder the older the area is because you may not have a phone, you need a phone to reach somebody, you may not know how to use a computer, it's rough out there, I mean... I just happen to have to be lucky and have one of my old laptops when I first contacted the the VA outreach and uh actually I contacted the crisis line and I con then they took me to the contacted me with the VA outreach and they ended up driving way down from here cuz I was I was initially homeless living on the street in um Quincy Illinois some town a little bit south of here I believe it's south of here and um they drove all the way down to find me when I was a uh, I started doing volunteer work at a veteran's home. When I had my vehicle, I was trying to sleep in my car at Walmart, but I always had to move it around to avoid getting arrested. It's, and it's extremely hard trying to maintain a clean record you know, as when you're homeless. It's not because you want to get in trouble or anything, but just because being homeless is basically illegal, you know? What would you want to say to veterans that are getting out right now? Like any, any of the ones that are about to get out, what, what advice would you give them? Um... My advice to them is make sure they take full advantage of their GI Bill and uh, stock up on the skills that they teach them at, um, I guess it's called TRS now, not yeah. assessing tabs, mm -hmm. um, because they are going to need it. It's, it's tough. Iowa Watch reporter and Iowa State University senior Tom Nelson in conversation with veteran Michael Washington. The interview took place in Davenport this past summer. And that brings us to the end of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can connect with us online, iowawatch.org. Click on the Iowa Watch Connection tab at the top of the page to listen to all or part of this program again, for a list of stations that carry the program, and more, iowawatch.org. And you can let us know your thoughts about this program or suggest ideas for future programs by email. The address is radio at iowawatch.org. The program is produced in the studios of KXEL Radio, Waterloo, Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids. I'm Jeff Stein. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch Connection again next week. The Iowa Watch Connection is a copyrighted presentation of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, which is solely responsible for its content. For more information about the center, including how you can contribute so high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism and student training can continue, go online, iowawatch.org.